hello, and welcome to the Sharp Side Podcast. I'm your host, Chaz Prada, and with me, breaking down some college hoops, James and Nate. They're back. How are we doing, guys? Pretty good. Happy to be here. Fantastic. I personally had a very fun weekend and uh, just soaking it all in. And then Monday came and I lost a lot of bets. So that sucked. But um, other than that, it was uh, what I thought a pretty good weekend. Houston survived, which is good for me for like brackets, futures. Um, Texas losing sucked. Losing that 85 to one ticket was a real bummer. Um, I'm trying to think. If the, like my final four bets, like UConn disappointed me. That that one I will absolutely apologize for. And then Maryland went and got dicked on too. So that was just just not a good. Um, just, I guess not not a good uh, scenario after that first round matchup. But um, Arkansas to the final four looking pretty nice. And I think I had one other one, but. Um, anyways. Uh, how are your futures looking? Have you guys bet any futures this week? Uh, personally, I've not added anything this week. I had um, I have Arkansas forty to one, and then I have Houston eighteen to one. I bet those right before the tournament, so those are still live. Uh, I had a Texas one, obviously that's dead, but otherwise everything's looking all right. I'm still holding on to my ten to one Gonzaga future. Uh, I'm still- I'm excited to cash that one. Yeah, still pretty – well, easy. Uh, still pretty excited about that one. Other than that, I don't really have anything. Um, might add a Sweet 16 just to sweeten the pot. I don't really have any – or a fine, Elite 8 or Final Four. I don't really have anything that I'm looking at particularly, though. Um, all right. So, if you guys need time, I think I uh, have – I have teams ready, but – um. Give me a team that won you and you were really impressed with them and a team that won that uh, you were not impressed with. Um, I, I'll, I mean, I'll start. I, I got one ready off the dome. Um, Syracuse absolutely took San Diego State and West Virginia both to the woodshed. Um, West Virginia made it a little scary for them late, but between Gerard and good old buddy um they they absolutely they just like drown you in threes and if they if they're chucking like buddy Beheim was looked like prime jimmer and if for someone who got to watch i mean like i watch i watched like jimmer play Kawhi and stuff and like that you you really had to keep a guy on him from half court on and that's what just what it kind of feels like with buddy Beheim. so I'm very excited to watch Houston try and defend him. It should be a very good game. Um, team I was not impressed with was um, Gonzaga. Oh, which I I know how it sounds, um, but they definitely got a very uh, generous whistle. They shot way more free throws than Oklahoma, and. Um, some of the shots that like Jalen Suggs was taking and um, Kispert was fine, but I guess this is most, this mostly has to do with Suggs. He just absolutely bricked like a, f- a few threes this weekend, like not like 
I think I, I think I can remember two that just completely missed the rim. Um, if Timmy did not absolutely dominate as well as he did, um, and they face a team that's a lot better defensively inside, that could cause a l- little bit of a problem for them. Uh, so that's just something to kind of monitor. There's not a lot of teams that are that dominant inside the rest of the way, except Loyola Chicago, Flor- Florida State. That's probably it. I actually USC, but um, I don't know. I that game gave me a little cause for concern, despite how comfortably they won. Th- that might just be me um, nitpicking, but not overall impressed. They also let. I mean, Austin Reeves is good, but he dominated in. So, and if he didn't get into foul trouble, that game could have been a lot closer too. But were uh, teams you're impressed with that are still alive, teams uh, that somewhat disappointed you that are still alive. Obviously, it's hard to uh, be disappointed with a win, but try and nitpick if you can. Oh, uh, go, ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. You start. All right. Uh, so, I was impressed with the USC and Oregon the most. I think those two performances were the uh, – you could throw a little in there too, but their two performances were just outstanding, like almost perfect – like perfect games almost. Like USC, that, that's the biggest tournament loss in Kansas' history, and they've played like 200 games in the tournament. Like that says something. And then Oregon just came out, and they've played Iowa's game, and they were better at it than Iowa. So I walked away really impressed with that, and it sucks because like now they're playing each other, so I don't know what to do in that game, but – uh, I was least impressed with Houston. I just, outside of Giroux, I just didn't see any playmakers at the end. Like, even Grimes missed a pair of free throws. I think they, they went through a little span where they were one of seven at the line, and they just weren't hitting looks, like, even open ones. Like, if Rutgers didn't play prevent offense, I think they lose that game. So I'm curious to see what Houston comes out like uh, against Syracuse. Yeah. I, wa- I mean, is it cheating to say Oral Roberts because, like, they just made me a ton of money? <laughs> But uh, oh no. yeah, you had a you had a sweet or Roberts money line bet. That, yeah, that. that felt that felt amazing. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I was rooting was for only, you. That was the only game I didn't have money on, and I was like, I don't really like Ohio State that much, so I'll just I'll throw some money on Oral Roberts. Why not? And then you know, it turned out pretty I would, good. I would like to add that Nate did the uh, near impossible feat of betting on every single game, and he came out very positive. So yeah. Very good job, good Nate. Um, other teams I was impressed with, though, Oregon State, I really didn't expect much from them coming into the tournament. And they've – I mean, they've dominated every team they played. I mean, even that Oklahoma State game, like it was 10, but it felt like 20 the entire game. Like I, I agree. Cade Cunningham couldn't do anything. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like I wasn't like unimpressed with any team that like won. I guess if I had to really nitpick like Arkansas, like – I just don't think Texas Tech is that good, and they only won by two. And like that would be the only one that I wasn't absolutely impressed with. And they struggled the first half too against Colgate. They had like a yeah. fourteen point deficit. So, I mean, they've been vulnerable. Yeah. I'll. Um, I think that the beginning against Colgate was a little um, tough to watch, but I will push back a little bit against um, Texas Tech. I actually thought like their offense looked pretty good. Like they averaged a point per possession, which against Texas Tech, this is pretty solid basketball because Texas Tech has a very good um, defense. But I I do – my I have an Arkansas to make the Final Four. Obviously, I'm not going to bet Oral Roberts. Well, I guess that's not obvious, but I'm not going to hedge it all with Oral Roberts. But 
they have scared me somewhat to point to the point where um I will probably look to hedge with uh Baylor if Baylor wins. But um trying to think. Um okay, and then finally, I'm not gonna let you guys choose Ohio State or Texas because I feel like that's just kind of obvious. But um just the team that fell on their face the most um, first weekend. They could even have won a game, but um, so I guess that could possibly include Illinois, but I just think Loyola Chicago is good. But uh, what do you guys think? Biggest I'll, flop of the first weekend. I'll kick this one off. Um, I'm going to pick a nine seed and I'm going to take the Bonnies. You know, I had been on St. Bonaventure mm-hmm. for a while now and LSU just kind of ran at him. It wasn't even really close. Um so I, I, don't know, I just figured they would at least give – they would beat LSU and they would give Michigan a run, especially without livers. And it was just sad to see a team that I had been on for a while now just not perform how I thought they would have. You could throw a lot of teams out there for this one. You um, honestly, I'm just going to – I'm going to go with the obvious answer, Iowa. Um that performance like they were never in that game it's actually incredible they allowed if Oregon was trying those final four minutes they would put over 100 points and in a tournament game I mean people were talking like last month or two of the season how their defense was getting better it was getting better it was more efficient they were just playing shitty teams yeah and then you come out and play like so not from the big 10 you allow that to happen it's pretty brutal um I I was gonna say Iowa I think if I had to add I (laughs) SDSU looked horrible that's one of the um, I was talking about this with James and um, Austin too. Um, I think that's the worst coaching performance I have seen by Brian Dutcher. And uh, so that was greatly disappointing. One more I'm going to add is um, uh, I, I would just want to add on to uh, Iowa. They had three starters who didn't score a point. And I, I, um, I didn't, uh, I uh, wasn't watching that game initially. Was that the first one? first morning yeah. game okay I think, I think i was sleeping but um i think that uh i i thought like people like had gotten hurt until uh because it's they were did not attempt many shots either so like i in my mind i just kind of thought of some kind of like uh was a three stooges where like they all like ran into each other or something and bumped heads <laughs> um i I don't, couldn't even. I I didn't. I didn't watch a second that game just because it was such a blowout. And I was like, I can do better things with my time. Um, that was what a horrible defensive performance. That I was stunned. Anyways, I a masterpiece. Check the, check my f- first very initial Twitter thread that I, I started tweeting about college basketball. I said, Fran McCaffrey uh, will return a lot. The team is going to be overrated all year because he never has a good defense. So. There you go. If you're if you're following the sharp side, you know. So you might as well go do that on Twitter. But that's a great segue, Chaz. Let's go. Follow us on Twitter at the Sharp Side Pod. Um, and download the Betsports app if you have not already. Go follow our page. Same username at the Sharp Side Pod. Um, I'm going to be I'm currently writing up an AL and an NL um, baseball futures preview. So be on the lookout for that if we have got anyone who wants to um, a win total, uh, a home run leader. I've got – there's one guy in my mind who I think is primed for a very special year offensively on the Blue Jays. So stay tuned for that. 
But without further ado, let's get on into these games. Saturday, first game, Oregon State taking on Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago is lane six and a half. Total is 125 and a half. Uh, Nate, I'll kick it to you to start. Yeah, um, I already took Oregon State plus seven. Um, I think just both these teams play pretty slow. Um, and I think this is this line just seems too big for a low total. Um, and I think Loyal Chicago coming off an Illinois win um, just makes me think like there's a little bit of overcorrection going on here. Like I feel like this line shouldn't be that big. And the fact that Oregon State's a 12 seed, um, I don't know. I think just the low pace of play and – yeah, that, that's what took me to take Oregon State plus seven. Yeah, I also bet them plus seven. I also lean to this under. Uh, this line is right in Oregon State's wheelhouse. The last five games they've played, they've been between a five-and-a-half and, and nine-point dog. So right in the middle, baby. I'm riding them again. Every game outright. Yep. Uh, I don't see any reason to stop here. Loyal is not a team I want to be laying points with, and – People are saying with a week, it's like a coaching disadvantage here because Porter Moser is a really good coach. But, I mean, do you see what Tinkle's done with his weeks off? Give me Oregon State. They're live in this one. Completely agree, James. Um, would might shock you guys to find out. But I also bet Oregon State plus seven. I'm probably going to add a little money line once we get closer to the tip, um, unless I see something that pushes me away. That being said, I'm going to echo the slow tempo. Um, I'm – I've come very close to betting the under. I haven't yet. Um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna hope it. There's over money early because people wake up Saturday morning and they want to. A bunch of people want to bet the over. over. Yeah. Um, um. That being said, I love Porter Moser as a coach, but I completely agree, James. Wayne Tinkle has been balling lately. The one thing I love about Oregon State is that he constantly switches up their defense, so you could you can see them run like three to five different zones a game. Um, I think that's going to be huge when uh, for like when you're defending Crutwig because he's such a dynamic passer and he's so good at like setting his teammates up. And one thing, um, and also he's got like a nice mix of post moves, floaters, et cetera. Um, Loyola did see zone against Georgia tech. Uh, What I think is a little different is that they didn't have, they don't have the bodies inside or the depth inside that, Oregon State does. Um, I think that this week to prepare helps Tinkle a lot more than it does uh, Porter Moser. And um, I also, and on offense, I think the Beavers are just going to try and isolate Crutwig um, so that Roman Silva, big seven foot body, can try and uh, score on the low block. I don't think Crutwig, Crutwig is not a very vertical guy jumping. So I don't think that he's going to be able to pick up the blocks that he normally does um, on like smaller bigs. Um, and the, the final thing I want to add is that Loyola has one elite perimeter defender in Lucas Williamson and um, one Marquise Kennedy is also a good defender, but not quite to his level. Williamson will shut down Ethan Thompson or whoever else. That Jared Lucas or um, Alatiche, I forget what his first name is. Um, I think that or something like that. Yeah, it starts with a W. I think they could be able to have very big games from the perimeter, and I think that could open up more inside for Roman Silva. Who um, so 
That's my long-winded way of saying, give me the Beavers plus a seven. I like it. Anything, anything else to add? No, I think we hit that one pretty good. Let's do it. Um, Villanova taking on the Baylor Bears, who are laying seven and a half. Total is 141 and a half. I'll start these, this thing off. I bet an over 139. Bravo, Chaz. You made a great bet. Um, I do lean Villanova. Part, <laughs> part of what Baylor um, what Baylor is great at is they speed you up and try and turn you over. Now, without Gillespie, it might make you think, oh, they're going to just pick up turnovers with ease. However, um, while they've been playing well, – no, I'm going to start over – they, they actually have three or four players with lower turnover rates than Connor Gillespie and with very similar usage rates too. Jeremiah Robinson Earl is essentially, essentially, essentially a point center, especially with how Jay Wright has been using him lately. Um, I think that he could have a very big day on the low block. My only worry is if um, he might not get the offensive rebounds that he normally attracts because Mark Vidal will be able to kind of check him pretty well. And the other bigs could too. Um, I love this over because I don't think that Villanova offense takes too big of a step back. I, I'm kind of just trusting Jay Wright to have a good offensive game plan. And on the Baylor offensive side, I think they're going to be trying to get out in transition. There's going to be a lot of transition threes. I think that Villanova will, or Villanova, they don't do a good job of like limiting um, like a high volume of three-point shots and teams just make a lot of three-pointers against them. Um, I think that Nova will be able to do a pretty solid job offensive rebounding. So um, I, I do, I really like this over one more thing I'm going to add right now that I'll let you guys get into it. I'm likely going to bet uh, both Macy Oteague and Davion Mitchell uh, at least three, uh, three-pointers made Um if I can get plus 110 or better closer to Saturday, um, I just think they'll be gunning. And uh, Villanova perimeter defense, like uh, at the guard position, is pretty weak right now. So um, something else to look for, uh, look out for. James, what do you got? Well, I'm with you on the over. I love it. I bet it at 140 and a half. I was not on the early train like you were. Uh, but I actually like Baylor. Now that it's at seven and a half, not as much. I bet it at six and a half and a little more at seven. Um, I just think another week off after what I saw last week is only going to help that defense. And with no Gillespie, like you said, yes, they have a lot of guys who have similar usage and lower turnover rates, but none of them are the guy who's been running the offense for like, what, four years now. So I think Baylor's on-ball defense, which is third in the nation and forcing turnovers is going to be able to create turnovers, going to get those transition looks. They're going to hit threes. Villanova's just not a very good defensive team, especially on the perimeter, like you said. So I think Baylor's going to be able to score like whenever they want. Um, and Villanova's looked good the last two games too. So I, like last game against North Texas, they were 15 to 30 from three, which is definitely not sustainable. Absolutely. Um, yeah, but they, they look pretty good. And I walked away really impressed with Baylor as well. Uh, we saw Wisconsin hit like 23s against North Carolina. It felt like, and then the next game Baylor just dominated led by double digits the entire way. So I'm expecting something similar here. Yeah. Um, I'm with James. I also already bet Baylor minus six and a half. Um, I think Jeremiah Robinson Earl is going to get his, but I think Baylor's too deep and too good. Um, and they're going to be able to shoot threes, um, not to take minus six and a half. Um, I don't really have an opinion on the total. You guys seem like you're really into the over. So uh, 
Sure. I just worry about that just because Nova's ability to slow the game down. Um, but that is a pretty small number. So uh, This game reminds me a lot of that Creighton Villanova game we saw earlier this year. I actually think we talked about it on a podcast. Um, and I think that Baylor's just going to shoot a bunch of threes. And I mean, they're super, are, are, they, are they still the best three point shooting team in the country? Yeah. I'd imagine. So. Yeah. Um, 39%. It's pretty crazy. I see 41 and a half. I see 41. Holy. But my point here is that Baylor is very liable here. And this kind of goes against my Villanova lean, I guess. Um, I'm not going to bet Villanova, but. Um, like Baylor's very liable to just shoot like 60% from three this game or like 60% from three at during in like a half. So I, I think that Villanova should be very afraid of this uh, three point explosion that is impending. So um, one more thing to add to this is in sure. Hinkle Fieldhouse and Baylor already played there this tournament. So I don't know if that does anything, but I'm sure it probably helps like the sight lines and stuff. So Do you know where the Oregon State Loyola game is. Let me check. Oh, in Lucas Oil. Do oh, no, it, do I, it, I, it I, James. It's definitely not Lucas Oil. Give me one sec. A man can dream. Um, real quick on this game while James is looking that up. Sure. Um, I don't know if you guys have touched on this yet, but uh, like, good on Villanova for getting here, but their wins to this point haven't been that impressive. So Agreed. I'm just like, I'm just kind of selling on Nova right now. Um, like Winthrop, yeah, like that was a popular upset pick, but that was mostly because Gillespie was out. And then North Texas, you know, that wasn't that impressive either. So that's kind of why I'm fading Nova here. I think the way in which they won was impressive because defense looked good. And I mean, they just buried a bunch of threes. And they, I mean, they absolutely, they dominated the entire game. And I, they were up what, like 15 to 20 at half. Yeah. But I, I do understand what you're saying. I mean, even going back, to just right after he got hurt it, i think i believe it went lost to providence lost to great or lost to georgetown tournament yeah and then um win-win but uh i so i i will absolutely echo that nate that's a very good point those are also, games oh, go ahead no 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 go, i was just gonna say where, the, where they're playing because you, you finish your note yeah, those are games like you expect Nova to win even without Gillespie. Agreed. James? Uh, they're playing at Baker's Life Fieldhouse, which apparently has been very good for the under so far. Very nice. Sweet. Um, what is that? Is that IUPUI? No, I think that's where the Pacers play. Is it really? Huh. Pretty sure. I had no idea they were even that arena was being used. Um, but time to move on. Third game of sa- Saturday. The Oral Bobs are taking on Arkansas. Arkansas is lane 11. High total of 159. Um, James, I will let uh, let you start this one off. Where are we looking? Do, do we have any bets on this game? I'm excited to talk about this one. So I initially bet Oral Roberts plus 11 and a half on Sunday. Uh, as the weeks progressed, I kind of like the other side a little bit. But I'm going to stick with my initial position, just kind of leave that be. I'm hoping Oral Roberts gets a, an early lead. It's like a live bet Arkansas. Arkansas has actually had nine games this year where they've trailed by 10 or more in the first half and won. So they start slow and they're a really good second half team. So if you're watching, just keep that in mind. 
Um, but my favorite play here is Justin Smith over rebounds. Last time they played Oral yes. Roberts, he had 17, and he had 10 offensive boards. So today I went into the lab. I, I put 10 or more. I think that's plus 115. 12 is like plus 350. And then 14 is like, I think, plus 1,100. Oh. So but all those alternates, I was like, all right, that's my way of attacking this game. Just hope he feasts on the boards. Nate, where are you looking? Um, yeah, I'm probably going to bet Arkansas minus 11 here. Uh, I think the clock strikes, mi- clock strikes midnight on Oral Roberts. They'll be a team I love forever just because of the entertainment and the money they made me. Um, but I think Max Adams and Obener have carried this team far enough, and I think they're gonna, just going to run into a powerhouse. Even though I really haven't been impressed with Arkansas thus far, um, I just think Arkansas is too deep and – yeah, they're just too deep, too good, too athletic. I'll take Arkansas minus 11. Sounds good. Um, James, I'm going to start with this. Those Justin Smith rebounds are going to come in nice because you said you did what? You did 10, 12, and 14? Yeah. This might sound a little crazy, but I I did 9 through 15 at uh, various uh, – <laughs> At, a, at various amounts, but uh, so if Justin Smith has another 17 rebound game, I could be a very rich man. Um, That's hilarious. <laughs> um, so yes, that's I'm really just gonna be watching one player on the court. That being said, I bet Arkansas minus 11. Um, they have played this year already. That's if you guys are listening to college basketball pop, podcast, then you're gonna hear this hammered home. I will, if this is the third one you're, you're listening to, then you're going to, hopefully it's the first, but if it is the third, you're going to hear for the third time, Oral Roberts was leading Arkansas at half by 10. And um, they were just vastly dominated on the boards. Um, the, my one worry to this Justin Smith rebound train is I don't think that Jalen Williams played a lot of mints in that game. Zero, and, didn't play. Yeah, so that, that's a worry. That also makes me feel better about my Arkansas minus 11. And when you consider the fact that they won the second half by almost 20 points, that also makes me feel pretty good about myself. But um, I think that – so Jalen – they might have to keep Jalen Williams off the floor because they might either leave him on a guard or on opener. And opener is a pretty big mismatch for him because Jalen Williams won't be able to guard him on the perimeter. And um, opener is just a pretty good, like, post-match. Like, he's not a bad uh, post-match matchup for Justin Smith, but um, the, the Oral Roberts coach just does a good job of finding a mismatch for him. So I might actually bet opener uh, over points, too. I think I saw it at 22, maybe. I might be dreaming about that one. It was – like 21 through 24, something somewhere in there, but um, 23 is the highest I'll, I'll go. Um, that being said, Arkansas is just vastly more athletic than them, and they're athletic enough to contain them somewhat from three, and they're just gonna get out in transition. Actually, here's where Oral Roberts can win. Arkansas allows a bunch of points in transition, and if Oral Roberts um, like is really pushing the ball. Well, I expect it to be them to be pushing the ball early because Arkansas goes down in all of these games. But um, 
like oil robbers could put together a pretty solid first half if, if they if muscle man doesn't um just doesn't have them really ready to corral the transition offense but either way this is going to be a track meet i lean over um it's just such a high number especially for a tournament game um but <sighs> justin smith rebounds fingers crossed he had you know, 10 offensive rebounds in the first matchup. That is wild. You know, it's funny how you mentioned uh, Muscleman might go smaller. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly the adjustment he made at halftime last time. They were playing Vanover, that big white guy who I've just hated yeah. watching all year. He's, He's not very, very bad. <laughs> he can't move. Yeah. Uh, they took him out of the game, and that was the adjustment they made. They went small and small, and that's when they started dominating. Just better athletes like, who matched up better. Um. Well, that makes me very happy about those, that Justin Smith rebound. If he's the big, then he's going to be playing inside a lot more. Um, so there, th- that's Arkansas. I think we covered that pretty well. Syracuse yeah. taking on Houston. Houston lane six and a half. Um, total is 140. I'll start. I bet Syracuse plus six and a half. I might buy out and just eat big. Um, I – I almost like Houston at this point um, that they they do such a great job of defending the three because they draw And this is what Syracuse offense is all about. It's there. It's the pick that's um, the down screen for the shooter and it just gets them open. But Houston is so long and athletic and they're so big at the guard position that they do such a good job of guarding that. And that is why they I mean, and this happens every year. It's why they rank so highly on defensive three-point percentage every single year. I think, like, the last three years, they've been top ten. Um, and um, Syracuse are such a bad offense – or defensive rebounding team, excuse me. And Houston is the second-best off- offensive rebounding team in the country. So I think they're going to get millions of second-chance opportunities. And if – they shoot a bunch of threes. Syracuse lets you shoot a bunch of threes. If Dijon um, Giroux plays and he's shooting well, uh, this could kind this could possibly get ugly. Houston is, in my mind, I think they're the clear cut. I want to say they're the second best team, but I, I I will I will respect Baylor here. I think they're the clear cut third best team. I think they match up incredibly well with Baylor. I think. Um, they foul too much to beat Gonzaga, but if they could somehow corral that in my dreams matchup of Gonzaga-Houston, I think they could even give Gonzaga a game. Uh, I, I'm i probably way too high on Houston, but I just kind of see them dominating here. So I guess I'm pretty split either way. I lean under. I think I'm – no, I won't get a good enough look at Syracuse team total under, so I won't bet that either, but – uh, Nate, where are you looking here? Yeah, I was also going to lean under here. Um, Houston obviously doesn't play like the quickest tempo. and But the only thing that worries about me is Houston's rebounding advantage and Syracuse's ability to shoot the three. Buddy Bay, I'm just going off. So that kind of scares me away from a total play here. Um, I also already bet Syracuse plus six and a half, kind of like you. But now that you're kind of scared about it, it's kind of scaring me a little bit. But I'm probably still just going to ride it out. Um, I think... I don't know. Syracuse X factor with buddy Bayheim. I just don't really want to eat the VIG. I'm going to be honest. So I'll probably just write it out. James, what do you think? Yeah. 
I'll make it three. I'm in the same exact oh spot. This is <laughs> happening again. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to play Houston. Um, I just think there's a lot, of, a lot of ways this game could shake out. I think Houston could win by 30. I think it could be close. I, I can see Syracuse winning by a ton, too, like what they did to San Diego State. Houston, like what scares me for them is they're like the San Diego State. They didn't see a whole lot of zone in conference because there's no zone in that conference, like no team in that conference that had the athletes to play like an efficient zone like Syracuse. So they'll come in, like you can so, simulate this hold all on, you really want. quick. I mean, they actually saw zone the 50th most in the country. Really? Yes. Oh, shit. I well, believe. I corrected then. I forget which teams uh, run it, but I did see that stat um, earlier this week. Hmm. But I feel like they haven't seen like you like yeah, the lane. Yeah, and Syracuse is extremely good at running. Like that's their that's their gimmick. So I feel like their their zone is different compared to the zones Houston has seen. My well, they run like a they don't run like the matchup zone that's a little more popular elsewhere. They just run like a true zone where yeah. they just like they can touch tips with like their arms. Oof, that could be a good clip. They could, <laughs> like from sideline to sideline, if they all just like stretch their wingspan, um, and that, I mean that's what makes it so difficult. But um, I forget who was talking about. I'll let you keep talking in a second. I think that Houston has like good enough bigs to kind of pass out of it. Getting Fabian White back was so big for this offense because like he can pass out of it, and and they even go put like they'll. I wouldn't. It wouldn't shock me if they stick a bigger guard like Jarrell or Grimes in the middle at times to pass out of the zone. Um, but uh, Houston has definitely seen uh, a fair amount of zone this year. I will say that. Who was talking, James? Yeah. Okay, sorry, right. continue, James. Well, just forget everything I said then. But <laughs> if they try to shoot over the zone, I do like Syracuse still. Um, I mean, we saw this as you try it. West Virginia was able to do it because McNeil was unconscious from three. Um but I just – I don't see it with Houston. They don't shoot the ball particularly well. Grimes can get hot. Jarreau can get hot. But they don't have guys who consistently get buckets like Buddy Beheim or, like, the guy they can really just rely on. So, if it's close, I think it favors Syracuse. They're a better free-throw shooting team, too. And, like, we saw Houston really struggle last game. So, I think there's a lot of ways this could shake out. But I'm going to ride with my Qs plus six and a half. Nate, you talk about this one? I did. Okay, sorry. I'm, I'm a little all over the place right now. Um, one thing I will add is that Syracuse, uh, I don't think they drive enough to take advantage of uh, Houston fouling a lot. So I don't know if we're going to see Syracuse at the line as much. Um, that being said, if Houston just starts fouling on a bunch of these three-point attempts, Houston could be in a lot of trouble. Um, but I don't know if we're going to see that happen. I, it's more – what happens is that they get aggressive on the offensive offensive glass and then they foul a bunch of um like they get a bunch of rebounding fouls. So uh, moving on to Sunday. Creighton taking on Gonzaga. Gonzaga lane 13, total is at 158 and a half. Um Nate, start us off. How much is, is Gonzaga winning by? Yeah. So as a a Gonzaga fan, I get worried about every game. Um, so I am worried about this, but that being said, as a impartial betting man, uh, I'm going to take Gonzaga minus 13. I think Creighton is too inconsistent um, for me not to take 13. I also lean over here be just because if Creighton's able to hit their shots, I feel like this could be a very back and forth game with eventually Gonzaga kind of blowing the doors open in the second half. Um, 
So yeah, I just think the inconsistency from Creighton makes me want to lay the 13 and a half. And then I could also see this game going over. James, what about you? Uh, so I bet the over for pretty light. It was probably, it was like the same amount of point Oral Roberts just like to have action. Um, but I could see it going under just it all to me, it all depends on Creighton shooting. I mean, I think Gonzaga played Creighton two years ago and I was like, 190 right or am i just okay i mean hopefully it shakes out hopefully it shakes out like that again but like creighton has the the shooting ability to light up gonzaga from behind uh behind the three but i worry about creighton inside bishop's good he can get rebounds but physically timmy is just so much bigger and i think that's a huge mismatch for uh gonzaga to exploit and like obviously gonzaga is just better in every position zagorowski's good ballot can shoot but Gonzaga is a better team. They will move on. I just think there's going to be a lot of points. Yes, 103 to 92 is that final. <clears throat> okay. Uh, James, I also bet an over. Um, yeah. Gonzaga's going to push the pace, and Creighton's will sometimes um, – they sometimes they, they play – they consistently play a little more to their opponent's pace more so than their own. Um I think the, the best part of this Gonzaga offense is like a team will, or like the other team will score. And then you, you'll just see the inbounder just chuck a three quarters pass to Timmy and he gets a incredibly easy layup. Um, I think Timmy is going to feast this game, right? I haven't made the bets yet, but I'm probably going to bet um, Drew Timmy over 21 points. Christian Bishop won't be able to hang with him. I think that, um, I also think on the other end that Christian Bishop is going to get a bunch of switches because Greg McDermott runs a lot of um, like he'll run a lot of pick and roll to get Timmy isolated on say Zigorowski. So that could possibly leave Nemhard, Suggs, whoever on uh, Christian Bishop. And I think that Bishop, he's looked very, very good over the past like two, three weeks. So I think that um, he could get uh, some easy points of his own. I'm, 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 Less likely to bet that, but I think that uh, Christian Bishop over 12 and a half points could, uh, is a pretty, it looks, looks like a good bet. Other than that, I don't have much. Um, I, I think Gonzaga wins. I think there's a chance Creighton could keep it close if they make a lot of threes, but I mean, they have bigger guards, bigger wings. They have athletic wings, which I would say that Gonzaga hasn't really faced an athletic big group of wings since Kansas all year, maybe. I mean, Jalen Wilson and Akbaji. Yeah, that's a good, uh, that's an athletic group of like big perimeter wings. Um, And I mean, we saw how easily they scored too. So Um, don't sleep on this Creighton defense though. I think they've been a, a little bit better than, people give him credit for it and I but they're gonna have to double Timmy and that's just gonna open so much up for Gonzaga so that's why I love the over so much we ready to move on mm-hmm. yep. all right the Seminoles of Florida State take on the Wolverines of Michigan Michigan's lane two and a half total is 143 and a half um, I don't have much here I'll let you guys take it from here I do there's a player uh, total I'll talk about it after you guys finish um, I'm pretty split I think that I fell into the Villanova trap that B 
because they lost Gillespie, Michigan lost Livers. So, and I think that maybe I underrate them a lot. Um, that being said, I think Florida State, um, their length will cause a lot of issues for Michigan that Michigan hasn't really seen in a while. Um, and, and you like a year. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like Illinois is like deceptively long. Cause like they have Coburn inside, which contributes to that to student moves athletic and long. Like even like their Corbello's <laughs> is very small, but I don't know. I, you're probably right. They have not faced a long team. Well, if no one has length like Florida state, but I don't know what I'm saying right now. That being said, the last time they would have faced that would have been with livers and he's not there. I lean to the under, but take it from here, uh, James, where are you looking? Uh, I'm if I hope, I hope it gets back to three. Cause I really want to bet Florida state. I think LSU kind of gave you the recipe to beat Michigan. Obviously not on the defense side of the ball because LSU still can't play defense. And it was pretty obvious watching that game, but their lengthy guards were able to shoot over the small Michigan guards. And what does Florida state have lengthy guards? MJ Walker, Anthony Polite, Scotty Barnes, all guys you can shoot over, like Eli Brooks, who's 6'1", uh, and all the other Michigan guards as well. Um, I worry here that Florida State will turn the ball over a lot because that's just what they do. With a lot of guys coming in and out, I just don't think they have the continuity, so there's a lot of turnovers. And though Michigan hasn't turned the ball, hasn't forced many turnovers this year, the defense has been really good. I just think that length of Florida State is – something that will give Michigan a lot of trouble. And I think we could see a potentially pretty low scoring game here with both teams struggling for the ball in the hoop. So I kind of like the under, and I also lean to Florida state plus two and a half. Yeah. Um, haven't met Florida state yet. Probably going to um, whether or not it moves back to three, I'm just going to wait till closer to game time. But if it's at two and a half, I'll probably bet it um, without livers. I don't see like a path to victory for Michigan. Um, I think, Florida State's length is going to be able to uh, control uh, Franz and Dickinson. Um, so, yeah, I think just the athleticism, Florida State's going to be able to push them over. Or the, I think they advance here, basically. Um, I also lean under here. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing that would kind of scare me is that Michigan doesn't force a lot of turnovers. So maybe that doesn't necessarily push the game. Under. Um, one thing that I've kind of talked myself into is uh, an over, I guess. James, you're talking about Florida State's just going to be able to shoot the ball over the small Michigan guards. And then when Michigan has the ball, I think like Koprovica is not very good defensively. Um, not that he's bad, but I think that Dickinson is going to be able to move him really easily because even though Koprovica is a, ma- a massive seven footer, it's he's he's no Kofi Coburn. Um, and so I think that Michigan could potentially get like easy points inside. I don't want to say easy because like it's hard to penetrate that length, but um, I think that I don't know. I I'll I'm, I I do lean over now. I'm gonna I'll look more into this, and you'll if hey if you follow our Twitter at the Sharpside Pod, uh, you'll know if, if uh, I do bet over or not. But um, I want to bring this up. Who? So out of all the players who get like somewhat regular minutes or who have gotten somewhat regular minutes throughout the year, what do you think the smallest player on Florida State's team is? Six four. 
Bingo. Yeah, that's insane. I, I, I heard <laughs> that. Look at this. Yeah, <laughs> that's wild. I mean, that's insane. Um, yeah. Anyways, my big, big guys. Yeah, my player prop. Um, I'm taking a shot on Hunter Dickinson over 15 points, and I think I'm. I'll get the number right now, but I think I'm also going to. Um, yeah, it's just a little, little like degen bet. Um, and then I'm going to add uh, like an alternate over of 20. Uh, I think that he is going to get a lot of like points and easy points because he could get potentially get a lot of second chance points. And um, maybe I won't. The juice is not as much as I thought. Uh, over 19 was is two to one, but he should get a lot of offensive rebounds. Um and I, like I said, I think he's going to do very well in the post. And uh, one thing I am going to look up and take a little shot here over three assist or three or more assists is plus 520. Um, I think that mm. he, at some point he is going to get uh, like doubled th- throughout the game. And he's going to be able to find shooters. It's he has not gone over three much this year, but I think this is a game in which he can do it, it because. I do think with the way these teams play, I think this could go like up and down basketball quite a bit. And if like teams have a hard time setting up their half court defense, I think that we might see kind of like, I'm not going to call it lazy, but like tired transition defense where he gets the ball inside really quick. And then there's just a guy in a corner and he just checks it down there. Um, that's probably a little bit of wishful thinking, but it's more than five to one. So just a little flyer. He's um, gone over three twice. Yeah. Um, but, hey, five to one. There you go. What, what would that implied probability be like? 15%, probably less. I think mean, I was going to say 12. Way less. So probably somewhere yeah. in there. Um, let's move on. Two. Um, UCLA versus Bama. Bama lane six and a half. Total is at 145 and a half. Uh, James, you are a Bama fan. Fan. Bama fan. Why, um, why like the real, uh, what's their mascot? I was going to call Crimson them the, Tide. Rolling, the rolling tide, <laughs> the Crimson <laughs> Tide. <laughs> it's been a long day. Um, James, take the microphone from me, please. All right. I bet Alabama minus six. And I bet the over at 145. I think they're pretty correlated. Uh, if Bama covers, I think this game goes over and UCLA gives in and plays Bama's uh, style of basketball. I mean, we saw Maryland do it. Iona was successfully able to slow them down. And I think that's the way UCLA covers here. So I think if you like UCLA, you also look at the under. But, I mean, you could say this for both teams, actually. But UCLA shooting from three has just not been sustainable. Uh, Juzang and um, Jaime Hawkins have just been playing out of their minds, which I don't like. It's been awesome to watch, but I think at some point it's got to come to an end, and I think it's here. Uh, I don't think, obviously, Bama, what they did last game from three and just all around is – probably not repeatable back-to-back games, but they present enough problems that for that UCLA team to get margin here. And I think they kind of win with ease. Yeah. I think this is two different types of play styles. UCLA likes to slow the ball down. Alabama likes to speed it up. So I kind of agree with you, James, that if you like UCLA, you like the under, it's going to be whatever team kind of chooses to it. What's it? Yeah, chooses the tempo basically. So, I mean, if you like Alabama minus six and a half, you probably like the over. If you like UCLA plus six and a half, you probably like the under. Uh, personally, I lean Bama minus six and a half. Um, I haven't been huge on UCLA, 
I just feel like their wins haven't been like great. Like I was on BYU, but watching that game, I just saw that UCLA was able to dominate them. And then, you know, Abilene Christian, like that, that looked like a, like a pickup game you see like at the park, basically like where a D one team is playing just a bunch of like Joe randoms. So (laughs) Texas lost to them. (laughs) Yeah. But Hey, it's March. Anything can happen. That's true. So yeah, I like Alabama. I don't think UCLA is that great. Um, I mean, my funeral, but I, I, I lean to an under. I'm not going to bet an under because I don't like added stress in my life. Um, I UCLA plays slow enough to where I think they can keep it close, but. Bama looks like a world beater right now. And I'm mostly just judging that off a game in which they shot what felt like 80% from three against Maryland. But um, their defense is so good. And I'll refer to it as like the Alabama 95th percentile games where they shoot so many of these threes. And if 45, 47% of them go in, I don't know who beats them. And you could say that about, like, oh, if any team makes that many. But Bama also has a top three defense in the country. And one, ah, man, I I just – I can't bet an under even though I want to. But I also can't bet UCLA, which I I guess I lean that way. James, did you talk about that Bama-Baylor money line parlay? Uh, No, but, I mean, I'm just playing Bama and Baylor on the money line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. it's tough. I, I'm not going to bet anything in this game. Um, but any, any closing thoughts? I just took like two minutes to say a bunch of nothing. <laughs> no. I mean, look into the future. Whoever Bama plays next is going to be pretty interesting, I think. Yeah. Who would that, who would that be? Uh, Florida Michigan. State or Michigan. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah. Well, I think they're a better team than both. Um, at, Oregon. At, Go ahead. We're gonna As say. a Gonzaga fan, Alabama scares me, especially the way they're playing. Oh, completely agree. Well, because they have the length to, like, match up one-on-one with all those players. Yeah. So, it, I, I, I hope that's the Final Four game because that should be a very, very close, exciting game. There would not be a high enough total. Oh. <laughs> True. No. That, they would, it would be one long, fast break. Yeah. That would be super entertaining to watch now that I really think about it. Um. All right, the Pac-12 showdown: Oregon, USC, USC laying a point and a half. Total one thirty-eight and a half. I am split down the middle on both total and um, line. Or and like USC Oregon, one bet I did make was I bet Evan Mobley over eighteen and a half points at plus one sixteen. We saw what Luca Garza just did to them. Oregon has zero size. And they they can't handle, um, like they're just not built to guard talented seven footers like that. Um, and I think that if Iowa had any sort of protection whatsoever from, I mean, literally anyone else not named Luca Garza or Wieskamp, I think that that would have been a more interesting game. Granted, I didn't. I told you guys at the beginning. I did not watch a second of it. So who knows? But um, yeah, I'm pretty split both ways. I'll 
I'll let uh, Nate, you take it over. Uh, where are you at? Uh, I'm probably taking Oregon plus one and a half. Uh, since Duarte's camp come back in mid-February, Oregon's been playing a lot better. Um, and then you talk about Evan Mobley and the size you, you USC has. Um, like, yeah, USC has great guards, but their guards aren't anything special to me. And I feel like Oregon has the advantage there, um, especially because their guards are just bigger. Like, I, I don't know what the um, – one of UC, USC's guards is just tiny compared to Duarte and the other guard. That... Well, I mean, Edie and Anderson are like six one, six two. So it's not like there's like a huge, like you you'll be able to hide them somewhat on. I guess Will Richardson's a big guy too, but I like they also have Drew Peterson who he's like he's a guard, but he's six eight. Yeah, and then but Duarte's six six. Like Oregon has really big guards. Oregon is just like the same player replicated like five times on the court. That's basically what That's I see. That's actually a very, very good point. <laughs> yeah. Like Mo- Mobley's probably going to feast, but we saw that like, even with a big dominating, like Oregon's still able to win. So I feel like the bigger advantage is the Oregon guards over USC guards. So I kind of like Oregon plus one and a half. James, what do you think? Yeah, I certainly lean Oregon. Uh, I don't really have a reasoning for it. I mean, they already played this year. <laughs> USC got off to a 17-1 start, and then, like, from that point, it's played pretty evenly. But I think it was tied you, at, after the uh, first 10 minutes. Uh, I think you got to check that again. They were pretty sure they got annihilated from the tip. And then, like, they just – No, 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 no. I meant, out, like, you take the first 10 minutes out, and I think from that point on, it was tied. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. But – if UCLA can get off to a hot start, like Dana Altman should have a pretty good game plan now, like after seeing that length. So it shouldn't be like a, a shock to them with how good Mobley is. And like, I guess both Mobley's, but uh, I lean Oregon. I kind of lean under as well. Uh, just an interesting little trend. Altman is 15 and five ATS his last 20 games in the tournament. And Andy Enfield is nine and zero ATS. So two really good coaches. And I'm just really curious to see how this plays out. Uh, yeah. Um, I guess if gun to my head, I'd actually take USC, but I don't know. I don't know how many of you guys watch USC Kansas, but like <laughs> they were hitting threes at an astronomical rate. Um, yeah. Isaiah Mobley hit a step back three at one point, which was kind of funny. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Should be a good game. Pac-12 has been very fun to watch, providing a, a lot of, a lot of funny jokes on Twitter too. Um, before before we go, who's winning? Who's winning it all? Gonzaga. Gonzaga beats who? Baylor. Nate. You're so sad when you say Gonzaga's winning it all. Um, I'm taking Gonzaga, riding with my future, not hedging. Oh, I I will not be hedging either. Um, who, who do you think gets out of the uh, right side of the bracket? Uh, see, like, I see your point with Houston, but I'm probably still going to take Baylor. I think that, no, I Baylor, that. that Baylor-Houston Final Four game is really interesting to me, and I'm really excited. If that's how it turns out, I'm really excited to see. But, uh, yeah, I'm, it's still Gonzaga and Baylor for me. Um, Gonzaga's winning, but uh, Bama over Houston is my final. There you go. Trying to be uh, just to be different, just to be okay. different. Um, 
thank you guys for listening. Um, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify if you listen there. Um, go ahead and check us out on Betspirits. We got to put some – oh, Nate, Steve uh, – ah, dang it. Uh, we can do a little UFC. Uh, have you done anything to prepare for UFC at all? Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll put out a write-up. Um, if nothing else, I'll definitely tweet out some picks. Uh, take Stipe while you can as yes. a dog. That is yeah. disrespectful. Disrespectful. That number, was, I think, opened at like plus 160, and now it's climbed down to I think it's at plus 110 right now. So if you, if you can hop on while he's still a dog, do it now. I don't know if I talked about this on – our UFC pod, or if it was just us talking afterwards, but I did grab Stipe plus 140, so I'm pumped about that. Um, I had one of the, perhaps one of the most enjoyable nights of my entire life, just because I hit like these random weird UFC props, where like I, I would just bet it like five minutes before the fight started, and, and w- what was uh I won on the disqualification on like round was around three dq for sterling or something like that yeah it was like tko ko dq you bet like sterling you were like man i'm just gonna bet sterling round four knockout and then it was a it was like 50 to one or something like 25 to one yeah it was like 51 (laughs) i was like i'm pretty sure a dq counts the same as a knockout as far as like those gambling sites and then i don't think i realized i'd won until about two three minutes after it happened so that was really cool yeah um anyways something Oh, for sure. At the very least, we will tweet. We'll just like tweet stuff. Um, also, it's a good card. It's a bummer that that one fight got canceled. Yeah. But um, anything else? I think we're good. Follow us on Twitter. You guys know the deal. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, for the Sharp Side Podcast, it's been real fun. Let's go win some money this weekend. Let's do it. Mm-hmm.